Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Back to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all of the insight, analysis, and hopefully the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Damon. And yourself? Yeah, I'm going alright, but um, I don't know. I've got this this really strange feeling over the past few days, um, just when I've been restructuring my uh, my my Supercoach lineup, and I'm just feeling a little bit. Um, I don't know what the word is. Have you have you felt it? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's just a little bit, uh, almost, almost a bit crazy, I'd say. Yeah, just a, yeah that's, that's, that's the word, yeah. Just a little bit crazy. We'll, uh, we'll delve into that a little bit, uh, a little bit more, <laughs> but, uh, but first, let's let our listeners know as to where they can find us across all the social media channels. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so on Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at damoj88 and myself at, at al underscore evans underscore 95. If you search Supercoach Edge on Facebook and Insta, you'll find us there. Very, very nice. Feel free to hit us up anytime across all of those channels. Send us your teams, uh, any questions, queries, all that sort of stuff. We're happy to uh, to delve into it. We've had a had a few queries uh, this week, some a few team selection uh, questions, and it's been, it's been great. yeah, just great getting to chat to all of all of the listeners. Um, but let's get into it. So, Damon, what are we talking about today? I think you summed it up quite nicely um, when I asked you about that feeling, and uh, that's just it. But I think we're well and truly mad for mid-price madness. Ken Bruce has gone mad. 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 Ken Bruce has gone completely mad. Yes, that's right. We have gone completely crazy this week with all the mid-priced madness going on right now. So I thought uh, this week would be a good week to discuss the mid-prices, to talk a bit about the strategy, define what a mid-pricer is, and then run through a bit of a pros and cons list of some of the uh, some of the mid-prices that we've been considering this year, uh, especially for our own teams. 
Um, Damon, do you want to jump into uh, the strategy? Yeah, so in terms of the strategy, uh, every year uh, the traditional route is guns and rookies because you know that's yeah. obviously the the quickest way to try and build a lineup full of of premiums at the end of the year. Um, but it looks as though uh, early indications at the moment, at least, that we don't have really any solid rookies that are going to be getting a game in round one. There, there are a couple there, um, namely Alec Waterman uh, for the Dons, who, yeah. who was just signed. Um, basement priced rookies there, but yeah, um, I mean, it looks as though there aren't too many solid ones, are there? No, no. I think it's it's yeah a little bit concerning uh, this this early stage, but uh, that's why I think mid price madness might be a good strategy, uh, at least to continue to think about this year. Yeah, exactly right, and that's that's the one thing I'm loving. I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together because uh, it's around about this time every year, the last weeks of the preseason leading into round one where I, I do get a bit of an itchy trigger finger and just end up just throwing in all these all these mid-prices and uh, yeah, second-guess myself. But um, just in terms of mid-prices, we probably need to define as to how we've uh, classified a mid-pricer. And um, yeah. well, we've gone through and identified players who we think, you know, anyone under 500K, which we've kind yeah. of set as a loose definition, um, and we wanted to sort of set that as the benchmark because we wanted to include uh, the man, the myth, the legend, um, the man who you're named after, um, coincidentally enough, uh, Matty Rail, who's uh, who's priced at just under 500k. So we're going to be touching on him, but also obviously from someone priced, I think as low as uh, Paddy Dow, I think is the lowest yeah, that we've gone. Just over 200k. Yep. Um, so that's sort of our definition of a mid pricer. And then in terms of running through the pros and cons for each of the mid-prices, um, you know, hopefully it makes it easier for the listeners to consider whether or not it's worth bringing in the guys that we speak of into their own teams. Yeah. Um, but probably take note as well, there are some guys there who you may think uh, yourselves, oh, well, they didn't touch on this guy, but we're only going to be touching on the guys that we've actually considered in our own team. So... You know, guys like a, a Tom Hickey, for example, um, I don't think personally, if you're going to go down that road, uh, I don't think that's the best route to go. So we're not going to be touching on those sort of guys. Um, we want to help you build, obviously, the, the best lineup that you can from round one. So um, we're going to be touching on those guys that uh, will hopefully uh, hopefully do that. Yeah, so we'll also provide a bit of a ranking of, of each of our of each of our choices here um, in the mid-price madnesses cross each line, a, a one, two, three of who we actually think is is probably the best value. Obviously, um, you'll have to we'll, we'll have to watch the Amy Community series uh, to to give a more definitive answer. But this is just who's sort of on our major watch list um, and who we think is probably the safest options at this stage. Perfect, and we'll kick it off with uh, with our defensive line. Um, whereas a couple of guys who we spoke about, uh, one of which is uh, is injured and shouldn't be considered, but we'll touch on him just in case anyone out there hasn't uh, hasn't seen the news. Um, so the first guy is uh, Zach Williams coming in at four hundred and fifty eight thousand six hundred. So we did discuss him at length in the last podcast. So if you haven't heard that, check it out. Um, but he's you know to condense it down, uh, we just said that he's he's a more expensive. Uh, mid-pricer but um i think we've both agreed that he's a he's a he's a definite for both of us a definite yeah, definitely. lock just on pure value and output ratio alone um and also remember as well that the the risk is is mitigated by the fact that a majority of coaches will most likely have him in their team yeah so if he does get injured um there isn't really the risk of you um falling behind in the rankings um because of that um what about our next guy yep so um next on the list is uh wayne Millera. um just want to quickly mention him. Um, I've seen him in a few teams um, on some different uh, channels, um, but definitely um, 
don't 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 put him into your team. Unfortunately, he has injured um injured his injured himself and will be out for for the rest of twenty twenty one. Um, so we just hope for a really speedy recovery and we can see him back mm. on the park in twenty twenty two. Yeah, all the best uh, to him because he was he was one guy who was a bit of a smoky in my team. Yeah. Um, who I was I was putting my hopes on for that um that sort of price range i guess um but thankfully um there is another guy who falls around that that uh, price range and that man is james harms uh, coming in at three hundred and forty-four thousand seven hundred. Yep. um in terms of the pros and cons um i don't know about you lean but he's in my team he's in your team at the moment yeah he's been in my team for a, for a bit a bit um even before malira got injured Oh wow! So you, you've, you've preempted it. Look <laughs> yeah. at this. Jeez, you're ahead of the pack on me. See, that's that's why you're the Matty Rowell. I'll keep saying this throughout the season. I had him in because he was the, the a higher price, so it meant that I was budgeting for him if I needed to pick him. <laughs> <laughs> so purely coincidental. <laughs> uh, very very nice. No, 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 don't, don't just don't mention that. Just say it was all all you know foresight. Yeah. You just saw it coming. Um, but in terms of Harmsy, uh, we've both got very similar pros and cons here, and mm-hmm. um, I'll kick it off with the with the pros. So um, it has been uh, mentioned ad nauseum that he's going to be stepping back into the midfield for the D's, um, yeah. where he, he did hold that role at the back half of 2018 and all the way through 2019, where he averaged 83 and 95 for both of those seasons. Um, and he, he did have 13 CBAs in the practice match, which they just played recently. So uh, that indicates to me that the Ds yeah. are going to put him back into the midfield. And I think you did mention as well that um, there was word about something about it was just an experiment. Is it right? Yeah. So I think they, they t- spoke about, I think uh, actually uh, Harms mentioned it, um, is quoted as saying that basically the backline role was a bit of an experiment. Um then it, it, I don't I don't think it's been seen as a successful one. Um, it just didn't have the same impact that he has in the midfield, and that I think this year he has been training this preseason. He's been training with the mids, um, so I think by all accounts he should be playing that midfield role, get it back. Um, and with that in mind, uh, like it's it's almost a, a lock for me. Um, if he if he continues uh, in the midfield, because um, he's very discounted. I think as you said, he. He averaged 95 um, in 2019 um, when he was playing that full-time mid-roll, um, especially with all of his, uh, his tackle stats, which are super coach, super coach gold in that midfield role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, like, I've noted down there that yeah, he, he's a man who loves to tackle. So he, he's averaged five a game in, in 2019 when he yep. was playing in the midfield, um, but that dropped to two uh, a game in 2020 when he was played in defense. So the defensive role really did drain that key part of his, his scoring ability in super coach terms. So if he is back in the midfield, which all indications say that he mm-hmm. is going to be, um, he's going to regain that that big scoring part of his game, which is um, which is quite crucial. Um, the other thing as well that I've mentioned is, so in the D's midfield, they've got Oliver, Petrarca, Viney, Brayshaw, and Harms. Yeah. So they all have spots in the engine room, but you know who's going to be pushed out to the wings? Uh, I know Brayshaw has been pushed out to the wing, so that could be potentially one. But then in terms of is it going to be a rotational system with with Harms and Viney or Harms and Track? Will Track play more up forward? Yeah. Um, but I think just going back to that point we just made about his, his tackling pressure and the fact that that's a key strength, I think that's something that the D's want to utilize and they're not going to be able to obviously play to those strengths if they play him on a wing, um, mm-hmm. which 
is one thing that plays in my mind as to as to how solidified he's going to be in the engine room. It's all pure speculation, but just reading into the the stats yeah, and between the lines that could be the case. Um, what about the uh, what about the cons um, side of things for Harms? Yeah, um, the main the main con for me is just if he does get switched back um, to that to that uh, half back uh, backline role. Um, where he only averaged two, uh, I think 64 last season. Um, that would be the main fear for me. Um, also to consider with his 13 CBAs is that Viney and Brayshaw both didn't play. Mm, um, good point. So it's not, not, not quite the. It's not a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've pretty much written down the exact same thing. Um, one thing I'm worried about is, well, thankfully. Uh, the Melbourne coach isn't isn't beverage, otherwise I probably <laughs> probably have less confidence. But I've just written down, you know, could Goodwin pull a shifty and, you know, when the season gets underway, then switch him down to defence if someone gets yeah. injured or something. Um, that's my only real worry, um, which I think it's that's pure speculation. And going on what we've seen so far and the how favourable his scoring was in the midfield. I think he's, he's a gamble worth taking. He's a calculated risk, in my opinion, um, which is what I'll classify him as at that price point, and it's one that I'm, I'm willing to gamble on. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. And so moving on to uh, the next uh, guy on our list, it's uh, GWS defender, uh, Lockie Ash, or Lachlan Ash. Yeah, he comes in at 320600 For the pros, um, I've just listed there that he, he strung together some decent scoring games in these last three games of 2020. So he scored 68, 93, and 82. So you have to think, is that an indication of things to come potentially? Um, you know, I've listed down also, does he take kickouts? Um, if he does, then obviously that increases his scoring ceiling. On that, uh, GWS's social media account was asked if he was taking the kickouts. Uh, who would be taking the kickouts? Oh, really? And they did respond with Ash, a gif of Ash. Um, I think it was a super coach account asking a, uh, if he'd be taking the kick out, or who'd be taking the kickouts? Um, if he does get that role, I don't do think it will boost his scoring. Definitely. Yeah, that's, but, well, but can we trust them? Yeah, can you trust the social media team <laughs> from Clubland? I don't know. They, they maybe just reading into it. Maybe they only they didn't have a gif made up for for Isaac coming, so they're like, oh, let's just let's just throw out Lucky Ash. <laughs> it's something to, to obviously keep in mind and something to look at during the uh, the Amy community series game yep. uh, in terms of cons what did you have yeah so I think my major con was he, uh, despite playing the 17 games last season he only managed to average a 60 um, and his scores were quite fluctuating um, so as you did mention he did have those 93 the 82 but he also had some really low uh, low scores as well uh, mixed in there um, so I'd want to yeah I'd want to have a bit more of a look into the preseason um, game coming up in the Amy Amy community series to uh to see whether he's gonna be a worthwhile pick and see what role he actually plays i mean with with uh the back line at uh at gws uh shifting with uh shaw leaving um williams obviously off at carlton and core at north melbourne um i think i think there is a role for him to play that halfback um but it'll it'll just be interesting to see how it goes yeah, for sure, and and Whitfield as well uh, with his his bruised liver. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's another one to consider who could miss uh, for the first potentially month of the of the season. But um, yeah, I've I've written pretty much the exact same thing in terms of, you know, I like to select someone, especially at that price point when they start to go over a touch of you know three hundred thousand mark. That's when I start to hold more weight towards you know whether or not does the player have a big enough sample size behind mm-hmm. them 
to indicate that, okay, yep, they've got this solid scoring behind them to indicate that, yeah, they can carry it forth into the next season. And and the last three games of 2020, for me, isn't enough of a sample size to no, to really trust investing that much money into into that price point. So to me, it's more of a gamble than a calculated yeah. risk. And for that reason, um, I'm going to pass on him. Yeah, I think, I think I'm with you there as well. Um, who, who we got up on, on the list next? Uh, we've got uh, another giant, actually, uh, a man who stands pretty much alongside him in uh, Isaac Cumming. He comes in at 288,000 on the, on the mark, actually. <laughs> um, and I've kind of written down very similar points to Ash yeah. as I have for Cumming. I'll let you kick us off with, uh, with the pros. Yeah. Um, so as, as you said, I think um, quite similar there. Um, they're going to be playing a similar or potentially play a similar role. Um, that Zach Williams role, um, obviously with, with as we mentioned, with a few of those, uh, few of the changes in the team, um, there is that there is that role that um, is up for grabs. Um, I think one of the players will get it, um, but it's kind of a guess case of which one will. I mean, if you look back at his preseason in twenty twenty, I think we all got a little bit sucked into him. Um, yeah. He looked like yep. he was ready to break out. Obviously, he did have. Um, did have some injury issues last year that uh, that, that kept him out, um, and in the preseason he did, he did score an eighty six and a hundred and eleven, and I'm pretty sure Zach Williams didn't play um, the preseason yeah, last okay. year, so it did look like he was playing that role um, then. But obviously, uh, it, it's obviously been a, a, a pretty turbulent year um, with some other other options that could take that position as well. That's a that's a very good point you make about um, him scoring well without Williams being in the team. So if that's an indication of things to come without Williams being there, then, you know, if you're comparing Ash to Cumming and hearing that alone, I think I'd, I'd probably select Cumming, especially because he does come in yeah. at, you know, 32 grand or thereabouts um, cheaper. So I think for me, having said that though, very much like Ash, there's, there's not enough... Uh, sample size to indicate that he can maintain that that high scoring on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, you know, sure his price may go up, um, but I can see his price point fluctuating. Mm-hmm. He may have those high games. He'll have another game which may be down, and so on and so forth, which will see his average fluctuate wildly. So, in terms of like a pure investment, as such, I, I don't really see him as as one that's that's worth investing in. Um, and the main thing is that. You know, they've lost so many of these guys like Aiden Core and, and Williams, who was a running carry type player. And Whitfield obviously plays that role as well at times um, when he's not pushing up to the wing but or, or through the middle. Um, but for me, I think I could potentially see one of these guys playing at times a lockdown role as well. So, yeah, yeah fair enough. One of these guys may take on the running carry role, but I can see the other one playing more of a, an accountable type game. So, again, the, there's too much of a question mark on coming uh, because of that. Um, see, as you can hear me now, I'm sort of back and forthing <laughs> um, to and froing, um, just just talking through it. But for me, because of that, he's he's a no for me. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there as well. I think um, I'd really want to see his role in the in the Amy Community Series just to, to get a better yep. sense. But even then, just keeping in mind that that basically we all got sucked in in 2020 anyway. Uh, when he did take yep. on a really good role and and had those good scores, um, it might not continue on in the season proper. Yeah, and what I, I must preface um, me saying no to these players as well. Obviously, like teams change wildly. Like I've I've changed my team countless times, and I'm saying no before seeing any exposed form 
in this, you know, the, the one Amy Community Series game they're going to play. So unless he blows the game out of the water, um, you know, I'll need something sizable yeah, for me to change my mind. But um, at the moment, I'm, I'm just going to say no. Um, because there is another guy um, who we're about to talk about who comes in nine grand or eight, eight grand, 600 cheaper um, than Isaac Cumming. And that man is Hayden Young. Um, talk us through some of the pros there. Yeah. So Hayden Young um, coming into his, his second season. Um, apparently, by all reports, looked good in the, pra- uh, in the practice match against the Eagles. Um, played across uh, halfback um, and is priced uh, a little bit lower than, um, than what he probably should be um, because he did have an injury-affected score of one last year. Um, if you do account for for this for that game, and um, if you just sorry, if you take that game out of his actual average, yep. uh, he'd averaged a smidge um, under sixty five. So yeah, um, okay. there's there's a potential for, for for reasonable scoring, and I think he did have um, one quite high scoring game off the top of my head. I don't have the number with me though. Um, so so I think he's definitely an interesting one. I think in the in the uh, Frio backline. Um, he he could be could be a really good pick, and at that price, um, it's a bit of an awkward price. Um, so you'd probably only be able to downgrade from there, um, yep. which which could be an issue, um, especially with just the lack of uh, defensive rookies that seem to be on the radar at this stage. Um, so he's he's definitely a wait and see. I'd really want to see what 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 happens uh, in in his um, Amy Community Series game against the Eagles. Just keep playing them, I think. Yeah, no, you make uh, some very good points there. Um, with in terms of my uh, my pros, so obviously he's a highly rated top draft pick for the um, for the Dockers, and there's no doubt he's going to get the opportunity at some stage yeah. um, as the Dockers look to the future, and especially under under the new uh, new coach who's going into his second season now. He compared to Ross Lyon. I think he he's more prone to giving games to younger players as mm-hmm. opposed to Ross the boss. Yeah. And I've read up a bit about um, about this this man Hayden Young, and uh, a lot of a lot of people have compared him to Stephen Hill. There's a few articles written on the Dockers website where they've they've said that he plays in a similar mould to Stephen Hill, um, and in time could potentially replace him, and then some way down the track push into the midfield. Oh, really? And no doubt, talking about Stephen Hill, he is the sort of guy as we know. Yeah, he just gets injured. Yeah, made of tissue paper. Yeah, made of tissue paper, exactly right. And he's going to get injured at some stage. So I think that, you know, I'm going to say if that happens, but when that happens, I think it's going to open up the game uh, and the defense for Young yeah. to really step into, you know, step up and and produce some solid scoring. Um, a big part of his game is, is his contested marking, which as we know for Supercoach is, uh, is where points are made when it comes to defensive type players. Um, and just an indication of that. So he clunked six marks across his last two games in 2020 before his injury. So for me, he's, he's one guy that I'm keeping an eye on keenly, especially at that price point of 279,400. Yeah. Um, but in terms of cons, you know, it kind of contradicts what I've just said in terms of opportunity, but there's no denying that the Dockers defense, it's, it's already packed as it is. They've got Hamling who's returning from an ankle. They've got mm-hmm. Alex Pierce, also an ankle. Uh, and Griffin Logue as well, who was off with with a toe injury. So if he does drop in form, could he potentially be dropped at any one time for any of those guys or someone else on the fringes? Or will you know Longmuir persist because you know as I said before, he's he's more prone to giving younger players a bit of a go um, for extended period. So 
you know, you've got to kind of weigh that up, but there's no way of knowing definitively. Yeah, no. And you kind of touched on it as well in terms of the awkward price. So, you know, if he fails to fire early, um, you know, who are your options to, to, to trade to really? Um, and for me, the defense isn't really a good line to gamble with due to the fact that there's not many really good downgrade options. And he comes into that awkward price because of that. So for me, he is a gamble, but I'm really, really, really keen to see how he performs in yep. the um, in their game. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, so obviously there's a few mid-prices that um, we, we've seen in, in teams that we haven't, um, haven't included in our discussion here. Um, but mm-hmm. there are definitely some players to watch. Um, I'd want to see a bit more of their um, their their, their, exposed, yeah, their form. exposed form, um, and also just you can't pick everyone. So yeah, um, I wish I could. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> be really good. Um, so yeah, just obviously that that could also be the reason that some of these players haven't made it into our teams. Um, so the first one on on that list is uh, Liam Duggan coming in at uh, four hundred and forty eight thousand six hundred dollars. Um, do you want to take us through that, Damon? Yeah, so in the uh, the Eagle Scratch match against Frio, he had nine CBAs, which was uh, which is quite pleasing. Um, but there were a few players that were missing, weren't there? There's uh, Elliot Yeo, yep. who uh, is still returning from injury, and it was just announced yesterday, I think it was, that he is going to miss uh, round one because of the injury that he's coming back from. Mm-hmm. Um, but one major thing is that... Um, Simpson has said uh, that he was drafted as a midfielder and he actually improves their midfield. Yeah. So he's been training with midfield as well. So I think he mentioned that he had defensive um, attributes, but he improves their midfield. So to me, given the senior coach has said that, he's going to be given every chance, every opportunity to play in the engine room. Um, and with Yo now being confirmed as missing the first game, I think he will step into his shoes. But then you've got to weigh it up with, okay, well, how long? Um, will he stay in there yeah. permanently throughout the season or will he be thrown in there at stages and then thrown back into defense? Yep, definitely. You did have the nine CBAs against Freo. Um, obviously, a fair few players missed on that game um, and Shui only played the first half. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just sort of the things that I'd want to consider. Um, but also just the, the, the price is another thing that's in my consideration point where I'm probably looking at starting a player like... Um, like Williams over 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 Duggan, for sure. Um, the other guy as well that's we've written down here, and it's one that we're, we're loosely looking at, yeah. um, just because not much has been spoken about him already in in the other uh, preseason. There was a lot of hype with this man, Alex Witherden, uh, coming in at four hundred fifty six thousand one hundred, coming across from Brisbane. Um, and he's he's actually one guy that uh, I traded into my team late last year, mm-hmm. um, off the back of I think it was yeah, two or three games really where he just great games. Yeah, really super coach friendly games, but I don't know what the issue was. If you know, if uh, if the Brisbane coaching staff just didn't like his style, if he wasn't accountable enough, if you know, whatever it was, um, didn't get along with the coaches. I don't know, who yeah. knows? But um, yeah, they dropped him randomly off the back of some good form. But I think he was kind of fighting with Daniel Rich, um, who kind of plays the same game as Witherden yep. at Brisbane. So yeah, obviously he found his way to at the Eagles, but. For me, again, he probably steps into the same mold as a, as a Shannon Hearn. So yeah. I think those two may be playing two similar style games. And could there potentially be a clash? Like, can both of those guys play in the same lineup yeah. at any one time, playing the same style of game? Yeah. 
who knows like i'll probably need to wait and see on that yeah, one definitely i think yeah same same with him he's priced at that for four hundred and fifty thousand. um again for me it's it's also a case of just can't fit everyone in so he hasn't really been in my my ma- in my consideration set um at this stage but i'd want to see his his pre-season game uh before i before i made a definitive decision there all right so we do want to wrap up the defense now with our uh, top three choices uh for, for this line in these mid prices um damon do you want to run through yours yeah i, I imagine we've probably got uh, yeah, very similar choices here um i kind of speak for themselves uh so i've got uh zachy williams number one uh far and away yep. uh then i've got uh, i've got harmsy coming in at second and then um there's a bit of a gap between harms and, and yep. young uh but young's coming in at third yeah uh, exactly the same for me oh look at this ding 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 <laughs> Very nice. And um, with that, we move on to our midfield. So who have we got um, <laughs> topping the list? Topping. That's one guy that you're familiar with, isn't it? Isn't it, Liam? Yeah, definitely. Matty Rao, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, coming in at a price of $495,100. Um, his, his unique option, definitely. Um, very interesting pick. Uh, in his in his preseason game um, against the uh, the Lions, he did attend ten CBAs. Um, just look at his scoring last year, um, th- and just remember this guy's only going into his second season. Um, pumped out some massive, massive scores. He's got a really high ceiling. Um, hopefully, he can continue that on. Um, he he did only play the first half, um, and then was managed and did look a bit rusty, um, coming off off of a, off a shoulder injury. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about it um i'd want to see uh his next game before we we worry too much about it um i I think i think it's just a bit of blowing out the cobwebs um after having not played for quite a while well yeah as for your namesake (laughs) lamb matty rao what a champion so you know as we all know he's a he's a unique beast a lot of people have said he's a once in a generation type player and there's no doubt about it because he played five games last year yet he polled best on ground three vote games in three games, <laughs> nine votes in your in five games. Yeah. In your first five games is it's insane. Crazy. Mind you, one of those games was was um, obviously injury injury affected. So, yeah, absolutely insane. But um, he's a contested beast. So he's averaged over six tackles a game, and we all know he loves a goal as well. So he kicked two goals in three of his four games when you discount that uh, injury affected yep. game. Um, so he's got a really super coach friendly game, and he's built for AFL footy. So there's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, sure he did hurt his shoulder um but i think at his price point he presents a lot of value if he can yeah. average uh 110 plus which i think some people out there may think that that's um optimistic but i think it's it's right in his wheelhouse he can definitely uh he can definitely attain that that type of average um in terms of cons there's there's not many for my man uh <laughs> really um, I want to claim him my boy. Him and him and Walsh, you absolutely love him. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of cons, um, despite all the hype, as you mentioned, we have to remember he's only a second year player. Yeah. Like we know he's got like the maturity, and you know he plays the game like he's been in the game for ten plus years. But he's still a second year player. If you can even call him that, because he he only played five yeah, games exactly. last year, um, which is a, a quarter of you know a normal season or thereabouts. So you've you've really got to take that in consideration. But 
Hell, who am I kidding? Like it's rally. You've got to get him in. Get him in. Lock and load. Woo! <laughs> you can tell that I'm not excited at all. No, no. Really, really not up and about. I wonder who's going to be your number one uh, at the end of the uh, midfield line. Oh, damn it. I didn't give it away or anything. No, no I, mean? I don't think you have. I think <laughs> well, the listeners have, that's good then. have something to look forward to there. Keep them yeah, in suspense. Yeah, with bated breath. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about our next player we've got? Yep, we've got Timmy Taranto uh, from the Giants um, coming in at $453,700. Um, well, what are your thoughts here, Damon? Uh, so, yeah, in terms of Timmy Taranto, he's actually in my team. He's been in my team from the get-go, believe it or not. Um, and just listing the pros and stuff, he's got favorable scoring history. So you look at his uh, his scoring from year to year since he's he's been in the game. He's been on the on the incline year on year. So he scored yeah. sixty six average first year, second year eighty eight, yeah, and then the third year one hundred and two um, before twenty twenty, where you know his, his season was curtailed by the fact that he did sustain a shoulder injury. Um, yeah, in the preseason, I think it was uh, in the yeah. hit out against yeah. the Swans. So that really hindered his campaign and. I think he did score a couple of nice games when he did return, but I think that really did hinder his continuity in his game. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of looking past that. Yeah. Um, but you look at the other side of the the coin as well. That um, well, other other pros. He's uh, he's well ingrained in the Giants midfield. So he had 15 CBAs in their practice game. Yep. Um, he's priced at an average of 84 and has the potential to go 100 plus, as we saw in 2019. Yeah. And in terms of that, he's just a, a bargain price yeah. uh, in terms yeah, of the value and output ratio. So for me, he's he's a lock and load. He's one of the value picks of the year. What about you? What, what pros you got for him? Yeah. Um, again, I'm just going to go to the GWS social media uh, page. Uh, <laughs> love, love using them as Ever my source. <laughs> um, they did uh, reference the fact that he'd be uh, getting a greater chance in the middle would be the man uh to play in the middle for them um 15 cbas as you mentioned in the practice match um does suggest that they're they're willing to go for him in the middle um if if we can get him back up to his 2019 average of 102 um why why couldn't he build off that um i definitely think he's he's got the potential as you mentioned and i think he's quite a, a value um choice for that that output potential and uh, what what about cons? What have you got? Yep. Um, again, um, I think the main thing with his price point is you've got to pick him if you think he's a keeper. Um, yep. If he's going to make so generally, as as we discussed, I think in the last episode, um, you want to you know you're aiming to trade players out um, after they've made you a hundred thousand, or obviously if if they can make you some more, of course you want that. Um, but generally, you you look at a trade as being worth about a hundred thousand. Um, mm. If he to, for him to make that hundred thousand, he's probably going to have to average above one hundred and ten, and in that case, he's probably going to be a keeper. Um, yep. So I, I just think um, if, if you're picking him, um, you're not picking him as as a mid pricer. You're almost picking him as a as a primo that's that, a player that's going to turn primo um, and and be there at the end of the season. Um, again, um, I'm always just mindful of GWS and and how many players I actually have in the middle. Um, obviously there's been a fair few players that have left for it, but greater opportunity, um, even last season in Caldwell and, um, and Haley, um, and they've also got another man that's, uh, that's going to be, uh, we're going to discuss a bit later. Um, 
that's that's going to be vying for that middle mid- midfield opportunity. Um, but I, I do think with his fifteen CBAs, um, his his like in the, in the practice match, he's probably going to be getting that, getting definitely getting more midfield um, opportunity this year. For sure, you know, if you hit the nail on the head there, because yeah, that was that was my main query was in terms of, you know, Tom Green. Uh, sorry, I've just let the kid out of the bag there. The, the man, <laughs> the mystery man that you referenced. Um, if he does get a few more CBAs in the engine room, which is already packed with you know Caniglio, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly, Hopper, and Taranto, is there a chance that Taranto may be pushed out onto the wing at stages? Could he be pushed up forward? Um, you know, that's that's my main sort of worry. Yeah. But I think, yeah, given the fact that he had 15 CBAs in their practice game, I think kind of counters that point. So for me, again, I'm picking with confidence. Yeah, nice one. And I, I do think that there is that potential room to go forward, um, especially compared to uh, Tom Green, who I think um, is, is the next player up for discussion. Um, obviously, mm. another GWS midfielder um, coming in at $351,400. Um what what are your thoughts? What are your pros for for Tom Green, Damon? So he's one of those guys who's built in the in the the mold of a, a Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Like he's built like a brick shit house. Like there's <laughs> there's no two ways about it. Um, for such a young bloke, he's got the body of like yeah. a, it reminds me of Shannon Hearn when he came into the yes, into yeah, the competition yeah, yeah. and he he already had a receding hairline. <laughs> it's actually a fifty year old man. Yeah, so it's it's like I look at Tom Green and I think this guy's been playing the game for for you know five plus years he's been in the gym um mm-hmm. you know 12 hours a day that sort of thing um but that says to me that he does have the body to be thrown into you know the nitty-gritty stuff as a contested ball winner um and he had 13 cbas in the scratch match yep. which indicates that the giants are ready to grant him that that spot yep, in the middle definitely um so for me that's that's one thing that sticks out what about yourself yep um so obviously he's coming into his second season um and I think he's likely to take on a greater role through that midfield, uh, especially as you mentioned with those 13 CBAs. In 2020, he did play around 11 games, averaged 73 in his debut season. Obviously, you'd need him to improve on that to pick him. Um, but I do think with a greater greater role in the midfield, he'd, he'd be fine there. Um, he did look pretty promising in the preseason uh, match against the Swans. And um, I, I did note that uh, Kelly was very complimentary of him post-match. Um mm-hmm. I, I think I think uh, that's 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 something that's really interesting there. Um, yeah. On the con side for me, um, I, I'm just I don't know if I can pin my hopes on him. Um, yep. There's a lot of players that I mentioned that have left GWS uh, because they can't get that chance in the middle. You've had Williams leave, Caldwell, Haitley, um, and that's just that's just last year. I, I'd be surprised if a second year player got got that new role in the middle. Um, and again, the price does make it pretty awkward if he, if he doesn't work out. Yeah, for sure. I'm exactly the same price point there. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, when it starts ticking over the 300,000 yeah. mark, for me, I need to see exposed form, which, you know, granted he did play a couple of, of good games there um, in his debut season. But for me, it's just not enough, um, especially at that price point. So for me, I'm looking to... Well, probably fade him, I guess you could say, because there's a few uh, coaches out there who have included him in their team and, and good luck to them. But um, unless, again, he comes out and smashes it in the um, in the, the preseason game, I, I don't think I'll change my mind just because of that awkward price point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, so moving on to our next our next player, um, it is Dyson Heppel from, uh, from the Duns. 
um, coming in at 319,100. Um, do you want to kick us off, Damon? No, you, you, you kick us off this time because he's your yeah. man. He's one, one of your dons. Yeah, he's one of my dons. <laughs> um, he's been in my team probably more recently um, than for the full preseason. Um, definitely found his way in and he actually hasn't moved, which is moved out of it um, recently, which is which is interesting and I think shows what uh, where, where I'm going to go with uh, this. Um, so he does have the <laughs> has a, has a pretty reliable scoring average um, over the years. Um, 83, I think it was, was his actually his lowest season um, average if you don't include last year, which had a, had a couple of injury affected games. Aside from his his injury rows, um, he is a relatively durable player. So obviously the last couple of years he's, he's missed out on quite a few games, but before that he actually played quite a few games and and doesn't miss miss many, um, which is which is pretty good and what I like to look for in a um in a player. And obviously um, coming in at again three hundred nineteen thousand, he is an awkward price, but you know he's going to play each week as opposed to a rookie where with the with with the changes to the to the team announcements um, could mean that mm. there's some possible carnage. Um, as I mentioned, he has that reasonable floor and should make some cash for you. Damon, what about your pros? Yeah, it's a very good point you've made there, about the, especially about the price point, because if you compare him to the guy we just spoke about mm-hmm. in Tom Green, Tom Green is you know 30-odd grand more expensive than Heppel. Yep. Heppel is an established player. He's going to play every week. You know, He's, he's one of those guys that, um, you know, provided he is uh, fit, he's going to play every week. Yep. Whereas I think with Tom Green, there still is that question mark that I hold over him where he's going to be dropped. So if I was going to compare those two, I'd be going Heppel every day of the week. Yeah. Um, just in terms of pros for Heppel, he's going to be making you cash as well. Most of these guys really, I classify them, especially in this higher tier price point as playing cash cow. So they're going to be playing every week for you. They're not going to be rookies who you may bench. And if they play, if they play, oh, that's great because I'll make you cash. He's going to play every week and make you cash because yeah. looking at his scoring what is what is priced at in terms of the uh, the average and what he can average um i think there's a lot of upside there um and he may even i think potentially as well if um if someone like caldwell needs a bit of a rest could heppel push into the middle i don't know you'd more know more than me uh, on that side of things or do you reckon he's, he's quite entrenched in the defense in that Wouldn't role be surprised if he does roll through the middle um mm-hmm I think with obviously some of the losses of Saad and um, and McKenna uh, in the back line, he probably is that they're, they're going to definitely play him in the back line. But I think he could roll through the midfield. That's good. Um, yeah. And and would have that opportunity. Um, with, with that being mentioned, that's one of the cons in a sense for me. I, I don't know. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a massive amount of cons with Hebel um, at his price. Um, he um, he has obviously had this role change. He's going to be playing quite uh, cross half back. Um, which means he's probably not going to score the the hundred the hundred odd um, that he that he's averaged in the past sort of five years um, mm-hmm. as as a midfielder. Um, but I, I do think that when he's played across halfback, he has had that has had a reasonable scoring potential there with with the eighty three in his first season. Um, yeah. Obviously, not including those injury affected years. Um, he hasn't set the world on fire in the in the practice match. Um, but he does have just that added security of knowing he'll play. Um, one, one, one other query is, is his foot fully uh, healed, I guess? Um, and by all reports, it looks like he is. He's been moving well at training. Um, so hopefully hopefully he doesn't have any more of those injury-affected games this year. Yeah, yeah. Injury, the injury side of things is the one thing that turns me mm-hmm. off. And I know that you said like he's, he's got that 
that background of being quite durable up until you know the past two years yeah. really um but for me i'm i'm just weary of of him breaking down again at that price point um again the awkward three hundred thousand yeah. dollar mark i'm not sure if i could trust him um but i think in terms of taking a calculated risk on these players he's one that i could potentially having said that you know take a, a bit of a calculated risk on yeah. because of that um but the main thing also is now i know you mentioned that he he is going to potentially fill the the Adam Saad departure role, um, the McKenna role as well. And one question for you as a Don supporter, yep. could you see him potentially clashing with, with someone like Hind, who's competing for a similar role? Yep. Um, and if Hind plays the run and dash on a consistent basis, could Heppel then be forced to play a more accountable game and therefore a more unsuper coach friendly game? Or is there room for them both, uh, do you reckon? I, I, I think there's room for them both. Um, I don't think Hind and Heppel will clash in the same in the same sense. I think Heppel's not not quick, um, uh, so I don't think he's going to be playing that 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 sad. I mean that sad McKenna role where he's me running and and really um, dashing off halfback. Um, but I do think he, he he'll probably take some take some intercept marks um, hopefully, and maybe even um, sort of just di- distribute off that halfback line. I don't. I haven't really watched much of Essendon, but do they do they tend to switch much? In defence, like switch the play. Um, yeah, that they have at at times. I think um, looking at it from uh, the, some of the things that I've heard about their their potential new sort of strategies, I guess um, this year is that they're looking to sort of hold and um, and possess the ball a bit more, um, as opposed to just yep. sort of like blasting out of defence, um, which they've done yeah, in the past. Okay. Um, so I think that could also help, just sort of a bit of a a keepings off almost style of, of football, yeah. um, which, which could see him just sort of net, net a quite a few uh, points and disposals off that. Um, cheapies. Yeah, some cheapies, a bit of seagull. Cheap chips. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't think they'll clash. I think there's probably more a greater sense of a clash between say Hind and, and a, a Carl um, who would be, <laughs> who would be playing off that, that half back line in that similar role. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about Hind and Heppel. In that sense, geez, you've almost talked me into selecting him, Lee. That's uh, I think you should. How's that intel? Amazing, very good. Um, what about uh, our next guy? What do you consider for him? Yep. So uh, next on the list is Adelaide's new recruit uh, Jackson Hately, coming in at three hundred and ten thousand uh, three hundred. Um, he's he's an interesting player for me as well. Um, I think he he'll finally get the opportunity he never seemed to get at. Um, at GWS, especially uh, with the departure of Crouch. Um, we've seen that he has had the ability to, to have reasonable scores um, or games where he scores quite scores reasonably well, um, especially obviously when he plays in that in that role in the middle. And I think he's going to get that. I think we've seen yeah. um, in that practice match, he had 12 CBAs. Obviously, um, Matt Crouch uh, was, was missing from that game. Um, but... I wouldn't be too concerned. I think he'll still have that role in the middle. Um, it's sort of, sort of where he's where, where where he does his best work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm I echo pretty much all your thoughts there. In terms of uh, departures, especially now with um, Miller's injury as well, Crouch's departure, uh, there's pretty much guaranteed midfield minutes there, which have to go somewhere. Um, and yeah, sure, Matt Crouch didn't play in the in the scratch match, yep. um, but the fact that he had 12 CBAs. And Miller was playing as well um, before he went down. So, I mean, he's one to, to keep an eye on, Hately, uh, for their preseason game. 
but yeah, in terms of cons and stuff. Um, so he was in my team initially, yeah. but I'd probably prefer to pay an extra 30K odd to grab someone like a Caldwell. But I mean, they are very, very similar um, in terms of yeah. opportunity and potential for growth. Yeah, um, but I just feel, I don't know, in my gut that I'm more confident in Caldwell. I mean, playing for a wooden spoon team in Adelaide, <laughs> does it bode well in terms of points that are on yeah. offer um super coach points that is so for me he's one that i'm watching for sure but um yeah he may find it hard to find his way back in into my team yeah. what do you think yeah i do agree i i think while there is that opportunity in the middle um i don't know whether he'll he'll be sort of the first the first picked in that midfield role um yep. there is obviously uh, matt crouch Laird, um sloan uh, yep. in, in that midfield group, um, which which could see him pushed out almost to a wing or, or sort of playing there um, almost as the uh, in a secondary sort of role, um, mm. which, which could be concerning. Um, not that this, not that I'm suggesting the Crows have a stacked midfield, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that sort of one concern for me. Um, and his scoring, while he has had games where he scored quite well, it hasn't been the most consistent. He's only averaged a 62 and a 64 across two seasons. Um, so he's definitely a big watch and see for me. Um, and again, very awkward price point. Um, as we've said, he hasn't got the, the clout, I guess, of some of the other options at this mm. at this awkward price point, like a Heppel, where, he, where, he, where we do know that he seems to have a reasonably good floor. Um, I don't think he has the same thing with Haley. Uh, so that's sort of where I where I fall with that one. So that brings us to the very end of the uh, the juicy mid prices in the midfield. So uh, let's let's rank our top three. I'll uh, I'll let you go first, Liam. Yep. So uh, as probably no surprise is uh, number one is Rao. Um, I just think there's a, there's a lot of potential there. Um, high ceiling. Um, hopefully he can back up his his first season. Uh, number two is Dyson Heppel. I just think that the um, that the high floor and the um, exposed i guess exposed form in general um is just too good part too good too good to pass up at that price point and in third it's, it's sort of a bit of a toss-up between taranto and green um but at this stage i'm going to go with green just because he is a bit of a lower price point for me smoky very very frugal um uh insight into things that's i like that so you got to be you got to be very mindful of your money so i appreciate <laughs> that that's uh... always got to go for those uh those bargains when you can get them. Those bargains, yeah. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'd. Don't know if I'd classify green as a bargain, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of mine, um, yeah, it's probably no surprise there with my love affair with uh, with Matty Rao, uh, coming in at number one. Um, he only pushes ahead of the next guy in Toronto because of the fact that I I am madly in love with Matty Rao. Um, who isn't? But I think yeah, exactly. Who isn't? Uh, but yeah. Taranto, in terms of what I what I mentioned earlier, yep. I think he's he's one of the guys of, of the highest value to potential output ratio um, at his price point. I think he's going to absolutely smash uh, his current value. Uh, so for me, he's just a no brainer. And then, like you mentioned with Heppel, um, again, like it's the output potential output. He's lower mm-hmm. price point, um, but there is a bit of an asterisk there. If he can, you know, keep his body right then I think he's a great pick. But again, that that still worries me a little bit, but um, maybe I'm reading to things a little bit too much. But um, yeah, that's that's my top three. Alrighty, and with that, uh, takes us on to the, uh, the next line, which is the ruck line. Now, 
we've been preaching Gandhi and we'll probably be preaching Gandhi till the end of time, yeah. I think, or at least until the end of 2021. Um, but <laughs> we should probably honorably mention one guy, uh, one guy you're familiar with, Liam. Yep, probably the only one that I'd consider, um, and even then I'm not really considering him. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Big Sammy Draper from the Dons, yep. uh, coming in at $378,100. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's sort of where it's at. I'm not considering him. Um, I'm going Gaundy. Um, but if you if you are looking for a mid pricer, Sam Draper is probably the only one I consider. Perfect. And with that, let's move on quickly and swiftly to uh, the next lineup, which is the Ford line. Coming in at a price of three hundred ninety-two thousand nine hundred dollars, we've got uh, Cameron Rayner from the Brisbane Lions. Um, do you want to kick us off, Damon, with this one? Yeah. So um, he's the one guy, probably out of everyone on this list, that I I haven't really consider yep. with uh, with much weight. Um, I know, like just listing in terms of pros and stuff, that. He has been earmarked to move into the midfield for the Lions ever since he was drafted, um, and he's he's always been compared to a Dusty Martin, um, and I think he's played in the middle at stages, yeah. um, especially last year, but not for long periods. It was more a pinch hit type mm-hmm. um, type role, and then thrown back up forward again, which leads me straight to my cons, and that was really my only pro is that yes, there's potential there for him to go into the middle, yeah. um, but. I still don't think he has the tank yep. to play a full game in the middle. And that was the one thing, the big knock on his game when he first was drafted is he needed to really, you know, up his endurance in order to be able to play in the midfield. Um, and I know he's giving, he's been given a little bit of an opportunity in the first scratch match, but that lack of tank for me and not being, you know, not having seen any exposed form because of that, means that he's a solid pass for me, um, especially at that price, just a touch under 400000 It's a It's a big, big gamble. Um, and, you know, if you want to take the risk, you know, I think the risk to reward um, differential there is, is quite um, quite high both ways. Um, but, yeah, for that, he's just a, a solid pass for me. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think he's, he's really just come into consideration after um, after his, his game on... Uh, in the practice match, he looked very good. Uh, he did play through the middle um, and moved into more of an on-ball position. Um, so he could be a bolter. I, I, I agree with you there. I just don't think... Uh, I'd want to see more exposed form there, um, especially at 392k. Um, the price is super awkward. Um, if he does get that role in the middle, he could score well. Um, to obviously, keep in mind that last season he averaged the 73 and he only managed to crack the ton twice. Um... Mm. I just, yeah, I think I definitely need to need to see how he how he goes um, before I would be able to pick him. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that's that's it for me. There's a lot of guys around that price point as well that are competing for this pretty much the same spot. Yeah. In your super coach lineup, and he kind of just because if he was if he was a bit cheaper, I would probably consider mm-hmm. him. Um, if I saw some exposed form which indicated that yes, he's going to play in the midfield full time, but I think. Even so, I think he will be pushed up forward at stages. Even though he he could be given a bit of a, a bit of a role in the midfield, yeah. so there's too much of a risk there and a question mark for me. Um, and speaking of question marks, <laughs> this next guy, I don't, I don't even want to hear his name uttered because he ruined my super coach. I think is he is he behind me? 
<laughs> I don't know if anyone can hear that, but that's freaking me out. That's the that's the ghost of uh, of the man who haunted me throughout 2020. That man is yes, whisper again, ghost. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's creepy or you're trying to be sensual. Uh, I don't know anymore. I don't know uh, how to definitely, feel. <laughs> uh, definitely, I love, love hearing you rant about Connor Rosie. <laughs> don't worry, I'll, I'll be ranting about him all season because I know he's the sort of guy that he's going to come back and bite me on the ass again for the second time, but for a different reason than the fact that he's going to explode and I'm not going to have him. Yeah. But um, you, you, you can start with him because I actually... On the notes here, I haven't yeah, written I any notes. That. <laughs> I was going to mention it. That 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 that, that is, is because your, I've written him off. That is, I've written that him is off. How much you don't want him in your side? <laughs> okay, kick kick us off with your pros right. and cons. <laughs> <sighs> uh, well, Connor Rosie um, definitely has. Yeah, he's an interesting pick. Um, he has the ability to score big um, when he does play through that middle role. Um, averaged, uh, I think, seventy eight in 2019 and then only 69 in 2020. Um, he had a really hot start to the season um, hmm. and he played mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, scoring 105 round one, 145 round two, and then just tape it off. I think we all got him in um, and then that was it. Uh <laughs> He only managed to score yeah, above 80, uh, I think, three times for the rest of the season. So, yep. yeah, I, I think that's just something to consider. Um, the cons for me here are just fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, fool me once, shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. That's <laughs> George W. Bush says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's be honest, he's going to fool me again. <laughs> I, I got burnt last year as uh, as Damon Damon also did. Um, got him at the high price, sold him at a much lower price, and then wasted two trades there. Um, definitely don't want to be repeating that this year. Um, uh, I think he only had a couple of uh, CBAs in the practice match. So you want to see more of that 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 form there um, before you were picking him. Um, he's also got some concerns over his uh, over an injured foot. Um, I think he flew up to Sydney uh, to get a specialist to take take a look at it. Um, he obviously did play in the practice match, um, and I think he played from all reports more predominantly as a forward, um, where I don't think his scoring is going to be as good as if he was playing through that middle. So um, it's very big watch and see for me, um, and in that. In that, I mean that you'd really want to see something incredible from him, but even then, just 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 be very cautious. Let's just say the only way I would pick him is if <laughs> is if he was somehow morphed into a Matty Real or a Sammy yeah, so Walsh. I, I like... guess let, let, let's just put this in context. For Damon Connor Rosie is the is the complete opposite of of Matty Real. <laughs> Exactly. He's on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to quality football. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'll say I'll say quality that super was, coach yeah, footballers. Okay. I won't. That I won't. Was harsh. I won't. Um, I won't attract the criticism of uh, of Kane Corns there because I know he's a big big fan of him. <laughs> comparing him to Sammy Walsh, my man. Um, but yes, uh, just to give people an insight into into why I am so hurt. <laughs> By, by Rosie it's like just, just hurt on a different different level so saw his first two games of the year 125 145 and before I will 
sorry, the price changes came into effect in round two last season because of the reduced season. He went up $49,000. <laughs> so not only did I buy him at his second highest price point, I also paid an extra close to 50 grand in order to get him in. And then just, just, to, just to burn me to the bone, to the core, <laughs> I traded him out in round nine when he, when he dropped to 282300 at his lowest price point. The very next week, he come, comes out and scores 83. My fist almost went through the TV screen. I could not believe it. Oh, so like you were saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. He's, he's fooled me multiple times. And can you believe that I almost traded him back into my team <laughs> with one of my last trades because he was so cheap? And if I did, it actually would have paid dividends because he scored 109 in round 16, 95 in round 17. But then he would have shat on my face in round 18 when he scored 58. So it was probably a good thing I didn't get him. But he is one man. I know there's a lot of people out there that, that always speak about Tom Rockliffe as the main burn man. Connor Rosie is at the top of the list now for me. Like, well and truly, I would pick Tom Rockliffe every day of the week over Connie Rosie, which for you seasoned super coaches out there know that that's a big call. So for me, he's not even coming to calculations for my side. But having said that, <laughs> fool me once and fool me twice, fool me three times, I could be maybe tempted. Maybe. No, no, no I wouldn't be no. tempted, not at all. No, no, I, I couldn't go through that hurt that again. No way, hard. no way. It is hard to see. But let's move on from that uh, that that man whose name I shall not be speaking of again, <laughs> as if he's uh, Voldemort. He he, he shall not be named. That's the one. That's <laughs> what I'm going to refer to Rosie as. All righty, let's move oh. on from him. Who we got up next? Uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, we got uh, Jai Caldwell, uh, the new bomber, um, priced at three hundred and forty-eight. Uh, 1,600. So we, we did speak. Here's one guy we spoke about uh, in length in mm -hmm. the last episode. So if you want to um, want to hear us delve into into that, um, feel free to, to check back at the, the first episode. Yep. But um, let's just, just give a quick snapshot as to as to why we're considering him um, as one of the best mid-prices up forward. Yep. Um, obviously has that role in the midfield. Um, he had a very good CBA count in the game against uh, Carlton. Um, which was 23, which was a team high. Obviously, Shield didn't play um, in the second half, and McGrath wasn't wasn't named, um, having I think a concussion concern um, in the lead up to the game. Um, so he would likely drop those um, those CBAs. And his average in uh, 2020 uh, was 64.8 from nine games. Um, I, th I think he definitely can improve on that. He's going to go into the guts. Um, as you mentioned, um, we, we had a pretty uh, pretty big discussion about him in the last podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, the cons for me, though, are that he's just at a very awkward price point. Again, we don't have the exposed form. We don't get to see how he how he is. It's not like he's a fallen premium who's had an injury-affected season last year um, and is therefore priced at a lower point um, but should be able to get right back up. Um, he's just sort of a player that's on the verge of, of I guess, um, taking the next step i guess um from, from being a rookie um yeah but I, I think he does get the opportunity in the middle and it could be a breakout year for him um and i think he could be a good stepping stone yep for sure yeah absolutely you've, you've touched on all the points that um i wanted to touch on as well is um 
yeah, he's in that that bracket where he could really explode, especially in a, a Don's midfield um, crying out for someone of his mm-hmm. quality. Um, really highly rated, going to get really good uh, opportunity, and has shown that he, he you know, he's going to be given some ample scoring opportunity. Um, and I think there's a couple of games there where he did score quite well from limited opportunity when he was at the Giants. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, cons, as you said, the awkward price. Um, there's a lot of money to tie up in one player if he fails to fire. Um, but I guess the other pro, which I probably should mention, is he's a dual position player. So he is a midfielder forward. Um, but I think at this stage, I'm sort of 50-50 as to whether or not I choose him uh, just because of the amount of money we need to tie up in the one player but um yeah he's he's another one who's a wait and see um to see how he performs in Essendon's official uh preseason game yep I'm definitely with you there moving on um we've got Jack Zebel from North Melbourne um priced at 257 just a smidge under 260,000 Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He's, again, another guy that we spoke of um, at length um, with uh, the next two players, which we'll mention as well, in Danaher and MP. And we kind of, uh, for those of you who didn't tune into the first episode, compared all three um, because they're all at a very similar price point um, and similar in terms of uh, durability and scoring output. Um, so just to give the footnotes for for Zeebel, um, what are some of his pros? Yeah, so his pros are definitely... um that he, in, in his last full season, which was 2019, he did average 91. And since 2013, has had averages between about 84 and 95. Um, and he's priced at just an average of 48. Um, so he has the potential to make some real quick cash. Um, of those three players, Joe Danaher, Jack Siebel, and um, Jarman Impey, he's the one that has the most, um, has the most uh, durability, I guess. He hasn't been massively... Um, injury affected um he sort of has had an injury affected season last year does make it a bit of a gamble um but i do think he's a quite um a bit attractive prospect in the forward line considering the lack of of primos that i, I think are, are sure starters and sure things uh to pick from um so he should make some quick cash um looks like he'll to be able to take some intercept marks um and and should have some of the kick-ins um that was something that we noticed in the practice match Perfect. That's um. That's pretty much yeah. All we uh we really we delved into some more length yeah. in the previous episode. So check back on that one. Um. But our next player. So we're just speeding through these because we don't want to tie up any more people's time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> going over players we've spoken about ad nauseum. But one guy who we want to touch on again because since our last uh episode or last first episode, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> um. Our man or your man, your old man, Joe Danaher. Um. He came out in the scratch match and kicked a whopping four goals in a really, really nice display for the Lions. Yeah. First hit out for them. Uh, he's priced at 233300 Um And, you know, his price isn't too high and he's quite discounted because of his his lack of durability there. Um, so, yeah, for, for good reason. But um, what do you think, like, has anything swayed your reasoning? Like, are you going to pick him now um, or is he still on the fringes of your side? I don't know if it's just the salty Don supporter in me. Uh, but... Uh, I don't think so. I think he's he's done this before. He's come out had 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 a good game and then followed it up with with some with some average performances after that. He's definitely not a keeper, so he could make some cash. So I, I think that's why he's quite attractive to some people. Um, for me, I just I, I'm just not sold on him. I think yep. yeah yeah just the 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 fact that he kind of needs to have uh, sorry he needs to kick basically needs to kick a bag um, to have those really high scores. 
his averages haven't been great. That that's sort of the big concern for me, um, as well as obviously his durability. And just on the durability side of things <clears> as well, one thing that I don't think I've seen anyone factor in is that yeah, if he does turn his body around and he's fit for you know a majority, if not all, the season, it wouldn't be out of the question if the Lions actually manage him throughout the year. Um, and that's one thing that people need to factor in. Um, you'd think that they wouldn't manage him until the midpoint of the season. But, I mean, who knows? Like, yeah, if he pulls up sore at training one day, I mean, that's kind of alarm bells um, and they may manage yeah. him for, for a given week. Given that, you'd need some depth on, on your bench in the forward line. And for me, again, that says that, like, even if he is durable, there's still that question mark yeah. hanging over his head. And for me... That's too big a question yeah. mark, um, despite the fact he does present value and he should go up in price, um, but that's the reason why I'm not going to select yeah, him. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, also, just on that durability, I think the, the the Lions have enough other options in the forward line as those tools that mm. if, if he did pull up sore at training, they wouldn't risk him. They wouldn't need to. It's not yep. as though there's no Spot other on. forward that, that can play that role. Good call. Absolutely. Uh, and the last guy to round out um, that trio that we spoke about in the last yeah. episode is Jarman Impey coming at 212,800. Um, so, yeah, in terms of pros, um, just sort of giving the footnotes of what we discussed, you know, he's got a juicy price tag. <laughs> he's averaged 95 across six games in 2019 when he was played in the back line. So in terms of the context of, you know, there was a stretch of games there where he played a couple of games in the background, yeah. back, back line, and then he was pushed up forward and then he went back into the back line. So isolating those games where he played in defense, he averaged 95. Um, he's trained in the back line and looked pretty good in the role in the practice match. And given Cicely is out with a knee injury um, and the other guy as well, Scrimshaw, who's also yeah. um, managing injury, you know, says to me that there is, uh, there is a spot for him. Um, and he's going to play it to great effect, I think, especially at that price yeah. tag. I think he's, you know, I spoke about Taranto being one of the value guys, uh, of the season for me, uh, Jarman Impey is is ranked just behind him in terms of that. Yeah, definitely in the forward line. Um, I get spot on. Uh, absolutely. So um, going to our last guy is is a man man after your own heart. Absolutely, Paddy. Wow, <laughs> Paddy Dow. He's priced at two hundred and two thousand four hundred. Uh, take us through some of those pros and cons. And again, we did speak about Dowie yeah. um, just in the context of the practice match performance in the last episode. So check back on that. But uh, just to give the footnotes. Yeah, they, uh, they they definitely don't write songs about just any player, do they? Um, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So the price point that he's at at 202,000 um, to me makes him relatively low risk um, if, if he's able to, to be consistent and to keep playing. Um, obviously that would make anyone perfect. Um, but uh, <laughs> at that price point, I think um, he's just a more expensive rookie. Um, he's only sort of a hundred, 200 K more than say Will Phillips, who everyone's, everyone's willing to select. I think he's ready to break out. Um, just at that sort of is at that, at that point, he's had the nine CBAs, um, which shows that he should get some more mid time, but it wasn't sort of the only facet of his game. He also, I think scored two goals off the top of my head. So he should be able to mm-hmm. should be able to hopefully also score um, relatively well, even if he does play a bit more time outside of the midfield um, as well. Uh, the main concern for me is just whether it's an outlier game. Um, he's never really looked massively mm-hmm. consistent. Yeah, I think I think that's the main thing for me. Yeah, I, I think like talking from a, a Carlton yeah, supporters perspective, he to me is a different player um, to previous seasons. Like 
physically, he's a different player. He's packed on a lot of muscle, um, but also the way he's playing as well. He's playing with a sort of confidence that I haven't seen mm-hmm. before. And one thing that I was hoping that he was going to get, because he is a confidence player, and there's no doubt about it, he's got ability. He was chosen at what pick three, I think it was, for a reason. Um, and that confidence is that high that against the Dons in the scratch yeah. match, he was sidestepping opponents. He was giving out yeah, don't argues that Dusty would have been proud of. Um, and a lot of people forget as well that 2020, he only played, what, three games, I think it was. Um, a lot of people forget or they don't realize the fact that he actually did have an ongoing issue with his knee. Ah, Um, So that was one of the main reasons to why he wasn't given much of a go uh, at senior level, which I think he probably would have given uh, Paddy Cripps uh, had that shoulder injury. And I think there was, there was enough scope for him to come in and help out in the engine room. Um, But outside of that, he's now entering his fourth year Mm -hmm. and I think he's ready to explode. He's one of those guys that, as I said, he's got the talent. Um, I may come across as, as a biased Carlton supporter, but I mean, he's the one guy that if he came out and performed as well as he did and he was still the same physique and he was still showing the, you know, not shirking the contest, but being really hesitant yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. dive in and get the footy, I would be more uh, pessimistic. But given that he's a different player completely, I'm really, really optimistic mm-hmm. that, at, especially at that price point, he is going to produce some some decent footy. Mind you, it, it probably won't be consistent, um, but I think he will take a step up in his game. Um, even though, yeah, the one game isn't a big sample size. And, you know, I guess it's hard to say whether or not he does have that assurance from the senior coach in David Teague as to whether or not he's going to, yeah. you know, have an extended run. You know, could it take one game or two games where, you know, he has a bit of a downer? Um, could he be dropped? But from a Carlton supporter's perspective, I don't see anyone else that could step up. And, you know, I don't, I don't see anyone else that's putting their hand up to really get an extended run in the middle, apart from, you know, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why Carlton ended up getting Zach Williams. Um, yeah. And that shows the yeah, lack yeah, of depth true. in the midfield. Um in terms of comparing Lockie O'Brien and Paddy Dow, who were drafted in the same draft, um, Paddy Dow is now miles ahead of, of Lockie O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And O'Brien, anyway, has been developed as a defender as opposed to a midfielder. So there's no real yeah, no risk there. Um, danger yeah. of him taking his, you know, his spot. So I think for me, he's got a clear run. And it's just up to him now whether or not he can he can take hold of that um, that opportunity that presents him. So for me, I'm jumping on him. I actually discarded uh, Phillips, like you mentioned, who was in a similar price point for Paddy Dow. Um, So it's a bit of a gamble. um, But for me, I'm going to go with the man, Paddy Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think the upside there is is, it could be massive, as as you said. Just to finish off, uh, in terms of players to watch, we've only listed the one in Tom Phillips coming in at 402,600. We did talk about him on the last podcast, again, as I'm saying, ad nauseum. Um, but uh, yeah, just in terms of, of him, he's one to watch out for, I think. Got a few, I think he got about 11 CBAs or thereabouts, was it off the top of my no, head? I 10, 11? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely had a few more than I think was expected. Obviously, Mitchell uh, get to come back into that side. Um, I'd expect to see him more so on a wing than in the midfield, uh, in the in the inside as an inside mid. Yep, spot on, absolutely. Uh, and that takes us to the very end of the forwards, uh, which means that we have to rank them. So uh, let's let's have a look at our rankings and kick it off with. Uh, I'll I'll kick it off this time. So this is going to come as a major surprise to you, Liam. <laughs> 
Connor Rosie. Yeah, so the wearing. major surprise is he doesn't actually, yeah, he does, well, he doesn't actually even feature in the top seven <laughs> of the seven players that are listed there. So that's unfortunate for him. Um, so that is a big surprise. But no, coming in at number one, we've got uh, Jarman Impey. Again, just pure value-based, I think, yeah. in terms of his output from what he's shown in the past, um, from that sample size where he has played in defense in the past. Uh, I think he's, he's great value for money. Um, and then I've got Jack Zebel coming in. Second, very similar thinking, um, underpriced. Uh, like a, the only, I guess, question mark is as to how much he gels in with that uh, yeah. that that new role in defence. Um, but for me, in terms of value mm-hmm. and potential point scoring average, uh, he comes in at second. And then for third, I'm going to be a little bit of a cop out <laughs> here um, and name Caldwell and Dow because Dow, for me, just purely based on his price yeah. point. Um, I think he could be one of the biggest cash cows with a bit of a caveat if he can perform uh, to the level that he did against the Dons in that scratch match. Um, but then you've also got Caldwell, who, again, is a touch expensive, but with that ample opportunity, yeah. um, he just you know trumps any of the other candidates that we, we spoke about. But if I was going to choose either, I'd probably say Caldwell with Dow a close fourth. What about you? Yeah. Uh, so I've... I've gone um, a bit differently with my one, two, three. Just Connor Rosie, yeah. Connor Rosie, Connor Rosie. I reckon just get him oh, in. Get, get him in. You know <laughs> what? Just, I love him. Nah, nah, I can't do it. You're trying to give me yeah, a mental no, breakdown. I, I can't even do it to myself. <laughs> um, all right. So, seriously, um, pick one, uh, I think, is Jack Zebel for me. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that uh, looking at his scoring, and in seasons gone by and just the role that he's going to be stepping into in the back line um, could see him have, have, have some really good potential for some cash generation there. I just think the value is really good there. Um, same thing with Jarman Impey. It's pretty much a like a, a very close tie between those two. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a one-two um, specifically, but Jarman Impey as well presents a lot of value across that, that forward line if he starts playing as a halfback. Um, he's been training there, so I, I, I don't think there's too many concerns about what his role will be um, and, and him popping up as a forward um, with Alastair Clarkson. Um, and in number three, I also have Jai Caldwell. Um, I just think that that, that he's uh, ready to, to to play that midfield role. I think he's just going to get, get heaps of opportunity and I just think it'll do wonders for his scoring. Very, very nice. That uh, that brings us to the very end of uh, of our second episode of all time. Before we sign off, though, um, let's just give the listeners a bit of an insight into where they can find us across all of the social channels and um, how they can get in contact with us, throw out um, their mock teams for us to um, to help them out with uh, all of that uh, hoopla. Yep, definitely. We can uh, be, you can find us on Twitter at at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at at damoj88 and myself at at Al underscore Evans underscore nine five on Facebook. We're Supercoach Edge, Insta also Supercoach Edge. And you also email us any feedback, any queries, any mock teams at aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. Do you want to also run through um, our Patreon, Damon? Yes. Uh, yes. So we've uh, we started up a Patreon, which is now live. Um, which we've posted some uh, some details in the show notes, which we will again for this second episode. Uh, so there's three tiers. There's a, a rookie tier, a mid-price tier, and a premium tier, aptly named, of mm-hmm. course. Um, 
they all come with a, a number of benefits, uh, one of which uh, across all of them is a Discord channel, which we've started up where you can uh, you can join in and uh, pick our brains along with uh, with other super coaches out there and chat about tactics, guys you want to trade in, who you're looking to trade out, all of that stuff. And then uh, also in the third tier, you get uh, exclusive access within the Discord to an exclusive weekly check-in uh, video chat with both myself and Liam where you can pick our brains a bit further um, as a bit of a you know a one-on-one with a group of with uh, 16 people um, and I say 16 because the other benefit is uh, exclusive access to a super coach league where you're able to fight off fight off against myself and Liam and everyone else there for a chance at glory which is in the form of a super coach edge <laughs> championship ring very much uh, in in the mold of, of uh you know the super bowl um you know tom brady's got what seven yeah. now i think um so you could be on your journey to uh to the first of of seven um down the line <laughs> so um that is one of the benefits there um but also uh the winner receives um an exclusive chance to jump on to the podcast yeah. as a as a special guest at the end of the season and uh yeah so you'll find out the detail all in the show notes and we'll also put up a, um, a post, I think, which we haven't done yet on Twitter and across uh, Facebook and our social channels, just um, linking out how you can uh, you can check that out, read it for yourself and uh, see if you want to sign up, especially for that, uh, that league, which will be snapped up quite uh, swiftly. So get onto that as quick as you can if you are interested. Um, all the details on Patreon. Alrighty, that, uh, that wraps us up for uh, our second official episode uh, of Supercoach Edge. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a heads up as well, we will be releasing our next episode uh, the week leading in to round one. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. We'll be posting that uh, obviously across our social channels. And in great news, we're now available on all major platforms in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find us on our traditional platform, Podbean. So hit them up, whatever platform you prefer to use, and uh, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge. And you'll also be able to catch us on our social channels just uh, with the Amy Community Series coming up. We'll be sharing some of our thoughts and uh, stats uh, on the games um, leading into the season proper. Thank you so much once again for, for joining us as we embark on this journey into what will uh, be a, a hopefully a, a Connor Rosie-free Supercoach 2021 <laughs> season. Um, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to haunt me. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks. Catch you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.